What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Richer Geek Podcast. Today, we're going to change it up a little bit. It's been a while since we've given you an update on the hotels. I've brought uh, my lovely wife, Nicole. She's going to uh, interview me, give me a few questions, and we're going to spend the next half hour or so giving you an update on hotels. How you doing, Nicole? Hey, great to be back on here and uh, looking forward to this conversation. Maybe we can start a little bit with, for those who are new listeners, maybe you can give a background on your overall real estate experience and the specific hotel we're going to talk about today that was purchased in 2019. Sure. Yeah. Way back when uh, we got our start in real estate investing, I call it the uh, the PG days, the pre Google days. Um, the internet was it wasn't around. It was the the late nineties, and you know we found out uh, like everyone back then. You know the seminars were easy, and then buying the uh, the assets was easy. But then, how do you become a landlord? Um, there was no internet, there was no podcast, there was no YouTube. You just kind of had to figure it out yourself and, uh, man, failed miserably. So that was the beginning of it. Uh, fast forward to, uh, you know, we made the move from Indiana to Arizona. And I have uh, owner-managed about 1,400 units and made the switch in uh, 2017 to hotels. And the reason for that was the uh, cap rates were getting uh, very, very tight, and I didn't like it. So I made the switch from multifamily to hotels. Great. Um, Thank you. uh, Yeah. Well, and then, you know, 27, we bought our uh, first hotel, and then, uh, wow, you're talking about uh, timing. Fall of 2019, we purchased a hotel. Uh, here in Arizona, and uh, what happened a few months after that, in March of 2020, COVID hit. Thanks for giving that background to folks who are new to the story. So yes, the purchase timing ended up being uh, challenging and difficult. So maybe you can share a little bit of some of the things that you focused on during those first few months prior to COVID, just from that November to March time frame? Yeah, great question. You know, there's two things you can do when you're an entrepreneur, when you have uh, assets, you can either be progressive and uh, be proactive, or you can be reactionary and wait till things happen, wait till things, you know, see what happens. Well, we decided to be proactive and very aggressive. And 
I think, you know, right when they announced the cancellation of the NBA season, that's when I was like, holy crap, okay, this thing is real. And we made the quick decisions to contact every vendor. And if that vendor didn't exist for the lifeblood um, to keep that hotel open, we canceled the contract or we delayed it or we suspended it. We did whatever we did. Uh, we, we did whatever it took to get our expenses in line. I immediately called our bank, said, hey, look, you know, this is about ready to happen. Uh, they were, you know, pushed back a lot uh, because, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it's the flu. It's not, you know, come summer, it's all going to burn out. You know, we're not going to do anything. But basically what I did was immediately uh, hunkered down and said, okay, we need to focus on the survival of the hotels and get rid of everything, all the distractions, all the other stuff that wasn't pertinent to the survival of the hotel. And you took those actions, you know, immediately on the cost cutting, but there were many, many other things that you did to navigate through COVID-19. If you can walk us through all of the different resources you tapped into, mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, as soon as we were starting to get down to the eight and ten percent occupancy rates, uh, we're like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, what's going to happen? By this time, you know, the banks did give us some uh, deferrals, and I had our uh, VA that we've had for several years. We've had we had her contact all the different businesses and type of businesses that were still traveling. A lot of the trucking companies, traveling nurses and doctors, um, where the construction crew is still going. You know, what, who, I, we had her find out who was still traveling, where were they going, and how can we tap into that market? Uh, I immediately started getting text, you know, set up text and email alerts on all the different federal, state, and local programs. Um, one great thing about hotels as opposed to multifamily is because we're a small business, we're eligible for the PPP and the EIDL loans and grants. Um, we contacted the states, you know, on small business reopening, stay opening grants. What was very important with the, uh, the federal government and the state and local governments was to uh, protect the employees you know try to keep everyone open and they were that was the biggest thing was even if you had to set, shut down even if you had to reduce uh, your hours can you still pay your employees and you know one of the other things we did was instead of becoming a four-story hotel we shut down the top two stories we turned off all the ACs, uh, all, you know, the electricity, all the breakers, and we became, you know, half the size so that we could save on energy costs and we could concentrate on having the employees work just in those limited rooms instead of the whole hotel. Uh, and it was, you know, because it was an unknown, there was also staffing challenges, you know, it's like people, do we come to work? Do we want to come to work? Uh, especially in the hospitality industry, you know, we're going to be seeing strangers every day. So it's also keeping the morale 
going with the employees, instituting policies that the uh, CDC and the state governments had, um, you know, the requirements like with the mask and sanitizing and putting up shields and, and partitions and things like that. So, you know, that's just another thing that we did. The other thing I think that you were able to take advantage of the timing of COVID were improvements to the hotel, if you want to share a little bit about mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you know, when you're <laughs> low, low on occupancy, it's a great time to start doing um, improvements. So we contracted with a local provider and we, we got with the, uh, the hotel franchises and we were able to update the entire hotel to that next phase, uh, the Gen 4 of that franchise's improvements uh, with little to no impact at all. Uh, you know, when we bought the hotel, we had reserves set aside for that improvement and it was perfect timing. It's, you know, it's we didn't have to switch hardly anything around. We started with those top two floors that were already closed. We were able to uh, punch that out and then we opened up the top two floors, shut down the bottom two floors, and then uh, worked on improvements on that. So it was good timing for that. And then once that was completed, it's like, okay, uh, what are some of the other things that we can do to get people going? Um, so late in 2020 and some of 2021, people were starting to uh, switch to virtual offices so uh, corporations, everyone's shut down. Everyone's working from home. Well, if you weren't set up to work from home, that was a very, very, very big challenge. If you had a stay-at-home spouse, if you had children, pets, it's extremely hard if you don't have a home office to sit at you know the kitchen table and try to get uh, six to eight hours of work in to do Zoom calls. So we opened the hotel up to day use. And what that means is like, hey, if you need a quiet space, we have free coffee, we have a uh, desk, we have internet, we have a bed if you need to take a nap, showers, you know. So we we did the day use, um, and, and that really helped us out. So you really pulled a bunch of different levers that were possible, made the best of the situation by taking advantage of the low occupancy to go through improvements, which you had to do anyway, but this was really great timing to do that. Uh, and then looked for ways to, uh, you know, basically increase occupancy, even if it was for day use or also tapping into those other businesses. Any other levers or things that you, that you did during that time? Well, you know, first I need to, you know, I'm very thankful that we were in a state where the hotel uh, did not, you know, we were not forced to close. Uh, that's the big thing. Uh, if that we're in what's, what was considered then an open state. Uh, we contacted, you know, we had the opportunity to do some other things that, which we, we did not do, but we talked to a lot of the different, uh, there's agencies and websites that do traveling nurses, because um, at that point, what the, the CDC and the government was doing, they were sending these uh, infectious disease experts around all these different cities, and they needed a place to stay. Uh, so we contracted with companies that did that. We contracted with the trucking companies instead of the trucking companies themselves. There are actually actual 
agencies that deal with uh, truck driving uh, companies that give them discounts. Some of the other things we did is we contacted the states that, uh, you know, traveling teams that were in states that had to close down. Uh, for instance, in uh, California, they weren't even allowed to play sports outside. Uh, everything was shut down. So we contacted traveling teams and said, hey, come to Arizona. We're open. You can stay in our, our, our hotel. And they did. That was probably the biggest thing that we had was it, it was crazy. We had two San Diego teams that were four miles apart, drove all the way out to Arizona, stayed at our hotel to play a few games, and then they traveled back. So that, that was also a big, big opportunity. There's so many lessons learned uh, coming out of COVID and all those, all those dynamics, all those pieces you put into play. Uh, and I think that'll be interesting to look back even even now it's interesting, but in the future as well. Now, uh, when did you start to see bookings return to pre-COVID levels? Well, you know, that's a tough question because there are some there's different type of travelers. Um, one of the great things is Arizona is a state that is very heavy for tourism. Uh, it's warm, you know. So in the uh, last winter, we started seeing a pickup because people were just tired of um, being still locked down in some of the, the you know, uh, Midwest and Northeast. They were still shut down. They're still locked down. And they're like going, hey, we can drive. Even if it takes us to drive four days we can drive to Arizona and stay in the sun. So that really helped us out. So our, there was a very big buildup of tension and people were like going, you know, I don't care about COVID. I, we need to get out of the house. We need to get out of the snow. So that type of traveler came back uh, pretty strong shortly thereafter. The corporate is still, um, not back to the, the pre-COVID time period because uh, I, I think people got used to working from home. Uh, they're trying to push back, you know, and not, and not want to travel. So we're, we're still seeing that the uh, corporate travel hasn't returned quite as, as much. And I think some of that has to do with the economy, you know, the price of airlines, uh, the price of gas, and it is just, it's easier to remain on Zoom. Um, but you know, those are kind of the, the two ones that we've, the two that we have most. And, but as far as the families, it, we're back to normal. Thanks for sharing that. I, I'm going to throw, uh, another question out just as you talked about the different types of travelers and then mm -hmm. as traffic has come back and more people have stayed at the hotel, what now if you were looking to buy a hotel, your criteria, what would it be coming out of COVID versus yeah. what was it before? Yeah, you know, that's the million-dollar question. It's COVID uh, has really, really changed our thinking on the type of hotels that we're going to either build or buy. Pre-COVID, um, 
if it looked good, why not? You know, we'd we'd buy them in in any of the states, um, near universities, near it, it didn't matter. Now what we'd learned is never before did I ever say, you know what, I want to make sure that the state that I'm going to have a hotel in isn't going to force me to shut down uh, and and make me go out of business. That was kind of the biggest realization. Um, second, we found out that we looked and analyzed who was still working and what was the lifeblood of the survival of the United States. And that was, you know, the hospitals, the truck drivers, you know, those, God bless them, you know, they were working overtime uh, throughout all of this. So the way it changed is truck driver parking is essential uh, off of the major highways, but just outside of major cities. Uh, during COVID, nobody wanted to go into the large cities where there's tens of millions of people all packed in. They're, even if they were visiting in that city, they stayed 20 to 30 minutes outside of that um, major city. So we look at that, um, smaller mid-markets. The hotels that survived COVID were the extended stays. And, you know, more, a lot of them did, did survive, but the ones who did the best were extended stays and limited service. And what I mean by limited service is um, what do the truck drivers need? What do the visiting nurses need? They need a place to sleep, a good breakfast in the morning, free internet, and then they're off. No conference rooms, no restaurants, no bars, just a, one, a, a simple hotel that really changed and then lastly we need more drivers and what i mean by drivers is what drives someone to stay at a hotel that is one of the biggest things it used to be pre-covid man if you had a university hotel you were killing it well that is until people didn't go to school and those uh, those hotels collapsed because that was the only thing driving people to that hotel. So now we look at a minimum of three drivers. Why are they coming? It could be tourism. It could be truck driver parking. You know, it's near a major highway. It could be a uh, e event space. So we, we want more than one reason for people to go to that hotel in case one or two of those uh, drivers uh, shuts down. Thank you. Thanks for going through all that. So a lot has happened with the hotel, even since we're talking about kind of what happened through COVID. And then the next upcoming episode where we talk about the hotel updates, talk about your decision and the process changing hotel brands, which we won't get into today. Uh, but maybe you can talk a little bit about the upcoming workshop in spring of 2023. Yeah, what we've decided to do, I, I've had a lot of interaction with a lot of people uh, throughout the United States uh, about how do you get into hotels? You know, my experience of having all this multifamily and then making the switch from multifamily into the hotels, what is the difference? 
uh, not just with the hotels, but with the uh, commercials and then owning a business and, and the difference now, you know, you can get SBA loans, just all the different types of stuff, um, getting into syndications and funds. So what we're going to do is do a workshop here in Scottsdale or Phoenix uh, in May, and it's going to be a couple days, and I'm going to teach everyone and have a, uh, a little mini get-together about how you do that. What did I learn you, so that you guys don't have to go through all the heartache that I did? We're going to go from step one to step however many on the transition uh, to hotel ownership. Wonderful. Well, thanks for having me on to interview you about the hotel update and let everyone know what was happening during COVID. Yeah, and welcome back to Colton Richard Geek. Thanks for tuning in to the Richard Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichardgeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you and thanks for listening.